we're going into battle like we're putting in our armors you know protecting ourselves and we're going into armor facing all this ego and all of that and it wears you out right it wears you out throughout the week and then what i wanted to do is like create a place where every sunday we can come back drop that ego you know and and kind of you know learn together and things like that What is up? Hey, welcome back to another episode here on Creative's Journey. I am A.B. Wright, and we've got Wolf in the house, and we got somebody else in the house, too, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. What's up, Wolf? How we doing? What's going on? Living well. How you doing, A.B.? Man, hey, it is a another week, um, and it is definitely not without a hectic journey to get to today from the last mm. We it was a busy mm -hmm. one, but uh, but I'm grateful um, that I was able to finally get on the backside of that and get a few things done. But we are still working at a lot, a lot in the background, and it sounds like you're working on a lot too <laughs> with the uh, the new position. Yeah, life is happening. We're getting it done. I got you. I got you. Well, today is a special episode because uh, we have someone here that has helped us uh, really progress uh, in the last quarter and as we have moved into Q2 of 2023. Uh, I think mm -hmm. without him, we probably are still trying to figure out if we're starting and when we're starting this podcast mm -hmm. as we speak. Um, mm -hmm. But without further ado, let's just get into uh, who it is. I am grateful for, uh, for Sun Yi. He is the uh, the head of Night Owl Nation, which is the reason we are honestly here before you today. Son, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. Great, great. Thanks, AB. Thanks, Wolf. You guys uh, you guys have a legit setup here. It's like, it's, <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> Literally one piece at a time. From the challenge yeah. you gave us in, I th was it January or February in Night Owl Nation, where you said, just start a podcast. And then yeah. two weeks later, we both had a podcast. Yeah. You're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> that's well, a, that's start, actually yeah. really inspirational for, mm. for, for people that are not starting yet. Because like, look, look, look at where you guys are now. Yeah. Mm. And this is what, episode 12, maybe? Uh, no, this is 14, bro. This is 14. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens that, to me, too. It's Three more than that because we had two lost. Fast. Well, we had two lost episodes, so it's more than that. But either way, I mean, we're much further than zero where we started. Yeah, so. yeah. which yeah. is actually a great place to start because, son, you're always talking about uh, eliminating perfectionism and part of the Night Owl Manifesto, which I, I joined Night Owl Nation in august of last year i believe and hearing the night owl nation manifesto for the first time i was like oh i'm in the right place because <laughs> one of them is uh be a beginner ego is what is it ego is what uh be a beginner is, mm -hmm. Go ahead. perfectionism, perfectionism is, ego. is ego yeah perfectionism yeah, yeah. is ego so That's when First of all, how did you come up with the Night Owl Manifesto? What did that process look like? And why do you think perfectionism is ego? That's a great question. I, I, to be completely transparent, I didn't really spend that much time on writing that. It, it just, whatever came out, <laughs> I just put it down. And it, like, actually, everything at Night Owl is like that. Everything that we've done at Night Owl Nation over the past year, just came off the top of my head, just, okay, implement it. Oh, did it work? Oh, let's switch it a little bit. And it, it evolved like that, right? So I think if you're in Night Owl Nation from day one, you can kind of see, I practice what I preach, right? Like we, I started by, I saw a close friends uh, function in Instagram where you can add people to your friends, at, uh, close friends, and you, only they can see it. So I made an announcement, say, oh, $5 a month, I'm going to show you behind the scene through my close friends. And that turned it into weekly Zoom calls, which turned it into, <clears throat> we put it into circle, which turned into Sunday service. And at first we called it Cool Kids Club. And I, I asked, what do you guys want to call it? And everybody said Night Owl. And we called it Night Owl Nation. And then we added the man, like every, and then we come up with a small group idea. And so everything at Night Owl Nation just evolved like that. So mm -hmm. that's why I always say start messy. And perfectionism is ego is, is because, that happened to me. I started on Instagram 
I okay, so three or four years ago, I I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Like I I saw Gary V's Daily V. You know how like mm. D Rock follows him around, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So I hired video videographer. I spent like ten thousand dollars on equipment, and I just had him follow us around the meetings and things like that. And those videos weren't getting any views. Like twelve mm. episodes in, I was like, ah, oh, forget it. This is this is way time consuming, and we just stopped, right? And then about a year later, pandemic started, and we were like on Zoom calls with clients and stuff like that. And I just started like taking little clips from there, like horrible quality, horrible audio, like just from my my ear earbuds. <laughs> and I just started uploading it, and that actually started taking off. Mm. Um, and then it happened again. I, and then after a year, I took a year break, um, and I tried to make the perfect post right because I, I was afraid people are going to be like ah oh, son's a fluke like he, he can't you know he's lost it or so I, i'm like i need to create like a masterpiece and just like come back strong right mm. but that for months i've been trying to create the same one post for months and i was like i just it has to be perfect it has to, so and then finally because i had that experience of like trying to be a perfectionist before i was like you know what i'm gonna post my Worst looking, like, I, I actually think I posted like one of my first posts as my comeback post, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like kind of like to work that muscle, right? I want to, mm -hmm. I actually want to bring on the challenge. Like I, I want the negative feedback. I want people to say that. And then I posted it. And of course, everybody's like, oh, this is amazing. Welcome back and all of that love. And literally within two days, I was back. Wow. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's where I realized that perfectionism comes not from like us, you know, trying to do quality. It, it really comes from ego. It comes from us trying to impress others that uh, like I, I'm better than you. I'm perfect. It's basically that's what you're saying, right? I'm perfect. So if it's not mm -hmm. perfect, I'm not going to post it. That, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like coming from straight A student, you know, like if you have that 4.0 GPA, you're just stressing about getting uh, anything less than perfection all the time. And then you get into adult world and you're just stuck in that mindset of like, well, what's my what's my post GPA against everybody else out here? Am I a valedictorian still? That kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's good. To, I mean, that's good that you say you you pinpoint the ego and what that actually means in terms of how people see it because at the end of the day putting out a person a perfect piece of content does what mm. and it does i mean for the person that's viewing it and what does, does that even mean what yeah like mm -hmm. what is a perfect post right <laughs> like and who's determining that it's perfect or not right exactly right no one when it's i'll say this what i've learned uh in my youtube journey of creating uh, content and doing DIYs for the for my channel is that no one is necessarily coming back to tell you at least not in a DIY like bro it looks so good it was so crisp mm. I can tell you use 4k and it was 24 frames per second or 30 they're not they have no clue of what all went into the editing portion or the settings or anything they just want the information how to get the job done so of course you know starting messy and and perfectionism e is ego that is uh a great and, uh, piece of information and like you, you what you just said um is we almost forget that when we look at youtube videos we don't really care about quality right we just care about what they're saying but then mm -hmm. when, and then all of a sudden we go to make our own, we're like, no, people are not going to watch it. Like, <laughs> that's ego. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that goes, uh, Ray from the group just posted uh, one of your older clips around. Um, what was it exactly? It was like, shoot, I lost it. It was talking about how when you're. No, I lost it completely. Never mind. Take it away uh -oh. from me. Hold on. I need to go back into my brain. What was that clip? Oh, you'll get it. Yeah, that's okay. You said it was a recent why don't you, one? Why didn't you look it up? Yeah. I can't because my phone is my camera because yeah, I started I messy I'll, because I'll I don't have a camera. <laughs> I got it. I got you. Let's go oh, look man. it up. Let's go look it I've up. I've got a awesome. blank. Was it like from today? 
It was from today, I think. Oh, was it on her stories? Married. It was on her stories. Ah, uh, no, her story's gone. Let's see. No! Okay, well, that's all right. Keep oh, it rolling, to you. anyways. Keep At moving. We'll be all right. <laughs> mm. Well, today is Saturday. Tomorrow's Sunday. Uh, I recently started going back to, to church. And... Um, but before I was going physically back to church, and in fact, was it before Easter or before Easter? Um, before Easter Sunday. And what I can say is I started going to your Sunday service, uh, of course, right after uh, joining Night Owl Nation. And I thought that was very unique uh, that you would have something called Sunday service. So first off, what is Sunday service <laughs> for those that do not know? And and why call it Sunday service? Yeah, so, you know, I went to church my whole life, uh, I, at least until I was 18. And and then, I, I, you know, I stopped going to church when I went to college. And then when I was like uh, 26, 27, a friend of mine brought me to, back to church. And I had this sense of like, kind of calm, like... I had this sense of like, oh, everything's going to be okay moment, right? And, and that's when I was like, you know, knee deep in like trying to start my business and all of that. So, you know, when I started Night Out, I remember like one of the yoga class that I used to go to, their Sunday class was called Sunday service. And I'm like, oh, and everybody would post on Instagram, like going to church, going to Sunday service mm. and things like that. And I remember how important that class was everyone, because what it does is it did the same thing that that happened to me when I went to that, when I went to church in, in that day, it sets you up for the week. Cause like, it's almost mm -hmm. like every week as, as entrepreneurs or, you know, even in like nine to five job, we're, we're going into battle. Like we're putting in our armors, you know, mm -hmm. protecting ourselves and we're going into armor, facing all this ego and all of that. And it, it wears you out, right? It wears you out throughout the week. And then what I wanted to do is like create a place where every Sunday we can come back, drop that ego, you know, and, and kind of, you know, learn together and things like that. And that's why I, I started with the Sunday service. Let, like, let's start a place where, um, where we can kind of reset, kind of, you know, get clear on what we really want, like clear on our real purpose, and then, and then start the week that way. And then, you know, we get beaten down and they come back next Sunday, right? So that's kind of how it started. And Actually, in the beginning, what I was going to teach is how to grow Instagram. That was going to be my first course, actually. Yeah, why don't, you, why don't I just kind of give you the background info? So, year, you know, when, the reason why I went off Instagram for a year when I took that break, it was, it was actually, it was crazy because that was at the height of my, like, everybody was, like, asking me to create a course and things like that. And I did this webinar. And I was, like, creating the course and I was writing the sales page which is what I do for my clients, right? Like writing sales pages, creating funnels and things like that. And I kept, I, there was something wrong because I, I would write like, okay, this is going to help you grow Instagram and blah, 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 all this, making all these promises. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I know from experience that like 80% of these people don't even actually complete the course. So I'm thinking like, am I making false promises? And, and, and that kind of like hit me some, like hit my self-esteem. I'm like, like, I don't, I didn't feel right to like, and I kept rewriting and rewriting and I couldn't really figure it out. And then I went to this dark place where I'm like, is my entire career a lie? Like, <laughs> have I, did I build a career on manipulating people? Oh, wow. And I went to this dark place and I just couldn't post. So, so, and everybody was like, when's your course coming out? When's your course coming out? And it was, it was just, I couldn't handle that pressure. So I think that's why I kind of like stopped posting for like a year and I, and I disappeared. And then... During that time, I did like a lot of like self-reflection. I talked to my sister and my mom, who's who are both professors, and like the the realization I came to is like actually like the way for people to really learn is through practice, like through, through mm -hmm. coming back and things like that. So that's why I wanted to create a membership where you know we can practice together. But then, few months into Night Owl Nation, what I realized is like I can't help people grow Instagram because they were doing all the hashtag posting every day, all of that thing, but their content just sucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I, I actually have to teach them how to make 
Blackberry content. So I tried that, but it, I was, it wasn't working. I'm like, the reason why they can't make content is because they can't tell stories. They, can, they can't connect the dots in their connect, life. They can't, right. exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's why I just completely turned it into this storytelling thing. And right now, what I'm, we're just barely scratching the surface, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to study, uh, uh, like, I, like I hear from people, they try to tell stories, I'm like, okay, what are they doing wrong? And I try to reverse engineer, and then, okay, what can I say to get them to do this? And every day I'm learning and figuring out what is the best way to teach storytelling. So that's kind of where we're at now. That's good. Yeah, it mm -hmm. works. It works. The practice works and understanding. One of, one of the thing, things that you talk about is, is you know, the myth truth and and kind of like that myth truth sandwich and it's that's the part that you have to understand because if you don't number one know what what it is you're even trying to tell anyone what are you trying to convey and what was the change because what is that that you say something about kill kill ah, kill my kill darlings yeah. yeah um you mentioned that and i actually didn't know what that was until recently i was like kill my darling what the heck is that <laughs> and it took me a minute to realize that your darlings is the thing that you really uh start talking about is how you've overcome and the things that you're doing and all the great parts of the journey but no one really hears or is trying to hear you talk or pat yourself on the back you know, they want to mm -hmm. hear what was the transformation and what was the thing that happened, the aha moment or whatever you want to call that. So, uh, yeah, what the practice is definitely necessary. So I'm grateful for Sunday service and everything uh, that I'm understanding about practicing and telling the story. Mm. Good. Did you expect it to be so much like therapy when you started this? Like not not proper therapy, but like, did no. you expect it to be therapeutic for the people in the group? No. I was actually like, I was actually like, yeah, no, I thought it was going to be like any other online course, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, but I guess I started recognizing it once we got on Sunday service. Like people started crying, and I saw I saw that people were crying in their small groups, and I was like, holy shit! Like that, and and I had this familiar feeling that I had when I did um like Baptist yoga, right? Mm -hmm. Like I. Cause that was the same thing when i went to yoga i'm like uh i, I thought this is gonna be like going to clock going to gym right <laughs> but then it was like actually a lot more than that and so yeah that was again you, you can't expect what's gonna happen right like it, you can't plan anything like this it's just mm -hmm. it was just one of those things that i think it happened when i was in i, I did like a hot seat one day where i because I, okay, I kept giving these directions and people were telling stories, but like they weren't really getting it. So I was like, okay, let's do a hot seat. Let's, if you guys want, bring your stories and let me hear it and let me, and then while we were doing it, like Nikki just busted out into tears. Hmm. And then like other, so, so somebody else started, and I, I realized that when people are telling their stories, it's, it's emotional. It's like, because they're going back, they're learning these lessons and things like that. And what that does is it triggers something in somebody else who's listening to that story. And when they start telling their story, like they get emotional. And so, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I had no idea <laughs> to answer your question. And I think it's, in a lot of cases, it's the first time you get to tell these stories to anybody else. And I think that was one of the key changes in the community when it moved from Instagram doing good posts and reels to strictly storytelling there's like this deeper exploration because we're not looking for things that are going to sell our business anymore. We're looking for things that are compelling that will allow us to connect with people. And then you put five to six humans in a room and just like, go tell a story that's emotionally impactful to you mm. and see what happens. It's fucking, it's chaos in a way, but it's like yeah. the best, most beautiful chaos of everybody just uh, having all of these neural links spark about like, oh, I did feel that mm -hmm. deep regret that one time or, oh, I do remember that time I was just overjoyed with my family because I was coming into my adulthood and that sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful yeah, what happens thing is I had no clue about. Sorry, go ahead. When you write brand stories, usually it's happening in a conference room with your branding <laughs> strategist or whatever like that, right? So it's very uh, intellectual. It's not mm -hmm. emotional. It, it, you're doing your story brand framework, you know, like something like that. And 
what I realize is that when people come and tell their story in small groups or like on Sunday service, they don't they don't feel the need for it to be uh, crafted like perfect, right? It's not it doesn't have to be polished because it's not it's a draft, right? So we tell them to go back to that place, like literally put yourself in that moment. And mm. obviously, I knew that was gonna work, and it worked. But last week, I don't know if you guys were on Monday Masterclass, mm. but that's when I mm -hmm. actually experienced it for my because you know like <laughs> i've been preaching this stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> but i haven't been taking my own medicine right and that day i just happened to tell that story i wanted to tell that story of like i'll, I'll just repeat for your audience um I, I like i was so we were so poor that i remember the moment is me we didn't have 20 dollars in the bank like so i couldn't even go to the atm so we were like, what should we do? Like we we're, we're out of food, and me and my wife Gigi at the time, we were like, we're looking up, like wait. So and we realized that we can use PayPal to buy canned food from Kmart, which was across the street. So we we ordered mm -hmm. some canned food, and then we went there and we picked it up and we came and we were eating it. And while I was telling this, I, I was just trying to tell how how like uh, how fearful that was and things like that, right? Like that was like the point of the story. But while I was telling it. I brought myself there and the thing that i recognized is like I, yeah i was i was fearful but there was also a sense of kind of like comfort like oh we're gonna be like we were kind of laughing at each other while we was like like look at ourselves right <laughs> like that like there was shame but there was also some joy right mm -hmm. and i'm like so at that moment while i was thinking that i was like where did that come from why did i feel so i should that day i shouldn't have been happy at all <laughs> Mm -hmm. so where did that come? and while i was telling that story what hit me was up until that moment i always felt like i was alone in new york because my my, my entire family lives in korea and mm -hmm. the saddest moments for me was when i like when thanksgiving and christmas comes around and everybody all my friends go back to their hometown right they do the whole christmas thing and i was always in the city alone and those were the day you know like you guys if you guys been to new york like on th those holidays it's literally empty the streets are em it's like the only time when it's empty right like super bowl uh, thanksgiving <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. uh christmas and i just felt so alone that there was no place for me to go or the only place for me to go to was a chinese restaurant right because chinese people work on christmas and thanksgiving <laughs> so i remember feeling really lonely and then i remember like during that those hard times with Gigi was when I realized, holy shit, like Gigi is gonna stay with me forever. And this yeah, this yeah. is my new family. Mm. And that and then I just while I was telling that story, I came to that realization and just I just started bawling out crying. Right. Mm -hmm. And what that did was that trigger an emotion in somebody else and so on and so on. And that like mm. that's when I was like, oh okay, I, I get it now. <laughs> this is what <laughs> I've been this is what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Something like yeah, that. You, yeah. you know what the story <laughs> Like, even for me, the interpretation for someone that, you know, didn't even see that coming, that came from left field and just will take you out. But mm -hmm. hearing you say that puts in perspective the things that we take for granted and what ends up happening that we've we've done it so many times on social media to see the great things that people are posting and oh man they're living this lifestyle having this fun they've got family mm -hmm. they've got this and that but to hear that story and to put in perspective it's like we've been there i've been homeless i've been i've lived in my car i've been wherever it was that i've been and just thanking god in that moment that i'm glad i'm at least here i'm not where i want to be yet but i'm at least here so in your story you you hear that and you connect with that and that's the piece that we're talking about that is so amazing about uh, how you are grooming us to be storytellers because we are able to connect with people just on a human level. And your story connected that day on a human level that told me that, yeah, we're not necessarily where we want to be when we want to be there. But sometimes we forget the things that we're missing. We actually already have it. If we just stop and think about what we already have. Yeah, that's. I think you use the word "take." We take it for granted. I think that was the exact thing, right? I, I, I realized at that moment on Monday Master Class, like how much I've, I've taken Gigi for granted, right? Like, mm. so yeah. 
What's that like? What's that like being in business with your wife, your everyday companion, (laughs) and you're on every call together, and Gigi is quietly supporting this whole infrastructure while you're just out here getting to have fun and do all the coaching and everything. What's what's yeah? Actually, Gigi is the real boss. Gigi is my my (laughs) boss basically. She she's actually the one behind the scenes pulling all the strings, and I'm just the one that shows up on camera, right? Um, Mm. But here's the thing, like, because. I guess um, what I t- always tell people is like, if you can survive the first three years working with your mm-hmm. family member, whether it's your wife, brother, sister, or whatever it is, like your, your parents, I think if you can survive the first three years, after those three years, it'll create a bond like no other. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've, I, like, I, I see couples out there that are like, oh, we're so close. I'm like, you have no idea what close really means. Like we've been through some shit. Like we went, to, it's like, you know how when people go to war and they come back and they, they form this, like, cause they literally survived together. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's like this, you know how you ever like get into a situation, like a life or death situation, or like you survive something. You're maybe you're like running from a dog or you're like about to drown. And then you guys like, like you're, you're going through some shit and then with somebody and all of a sudden, let's say you, you, you get out of it. And you're like, whew, whew, thank God, right? And then you look at each other and you start laughing. <laughs> like, you're like, like, you know, I think that comes from the fact that like, look what we just like survived together, right? And that yeah. forms some kind of bond. But yeah, in the beginning, like we actually almost got divorced a few times in those first mm. three years because, but I think that's the thing that made us so strong because like we knew, like at the end of the day, mm. Like, I know that there's nobody who's gonna stick with me and care about me more than Gigi, right? Like, and, and vice versa. Like, um, yeah, it's it's just like, yeah. So I, I guess um, to answer, uh, in terms of like spending all day every day together, we actually don't spend that much time together. Like, we mm. work in separate mm-hmm. rooms. So that, I think that's important. <laughs> like that's if, I, if she was sitting here working next to me all day, like <laughs> that's probably yeah. a good thing. That's probably a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, balance, right? And and then that also brought to mind for me something interesting. That's the second time you've mentioned that. Like in the darkest times, there, there's that phrase that's always darkest before the light. But it seems like always when you're in that awful situation, there's a strong reaction the other way of like some moment of joy or something that pops mm. out that feels even greater because you are in the valley of despair. It just like boom, hits you really yes. hard in the other direction. And I did. There was I just one think thing that's so fascinating. There's one thing I actually I didn't mention, which, which might be important for your listeners. Um, so Gigi and I have complete opposite personalities. Like I'm a super mm. introvert. She's a super extrovert. I am, I'm very like impulsive. She like is very safe. <laughs> and you know, like in every way possible, we're the opposite, we're the polar opposite. And I think the moment when I realized, okay, this is it, right? Like there's no divorce, there's no, like this is it, right? This is, and, and actually it's, I'm glad that, cause a lot of the conflicts in the beginning happened because we disagree on a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, we have to give that to the clients. She's like, no, like you know those kind of things. But then, what happened was, like, I think, like a year and a half into it, we were really, really struggling with money, like mm-hmm. barely just floating, floating, like basically living paycheck to paycheck, like in our business, right? Barely making ends meet, like barely surviving every every month, right? Um, and one time we decided that okay we can't like we can't continue this so mm. we got to save money right so at some point like Gigi took complete control of the finances complete control of the business side and i just focused on work doing the client projects and things like that and i didn't even know how much money we had like mm. and I, I i because what was happening to me is i would work my ass off and then once we get like a huge income revenue come in like a new sale come in I would relax a little bit. And then like, oh, when it gets desperate, I would like, Phew. like it, that kept happening to me, right? So once I didn't even look at the numbers and I didn't even know how much money we had, I just focused on the work, like, like you know, like I'm trying to survive. 
And then six months later, I I just happened to look at the bank account and we were like, oh shit, we got two hundred thousand dollars in the bank. <laughs> and that's when I realized, like, oh man, like I I need you, G. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the rest was history. <laughs> Like, wait, wait a minute. Uh, the account grew tremendously without me being involved with seeing it, touching it, anything. Yeah, yeah Gigi, exactly. I, I, I need you. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. That's, I, like, awesome. I, that's when I was like, okay, I, I'm really bad at money. <laughs> yeah. But that's a part of the journey, too, is understanding your strengths and weaknesses and realizing you can't do it by yourself. And, you know, it's, it's great that you had someone that was going through this with you already you know mm -hmm. wolf and i talked about it in a previous uh episode where you know you realize how difficult it is to wear all of the hats and it's difficult because you there's only 24 hours in the day we cannot create any more time to get the things done and to have a partner uh that helps to alleviate wearing every single hat and especially mm. giving you the ability to thrive in the area that you do well the most. And that is creating the content, the storytelling, mm. which is the piece that one thing that I helping us do. Yeah. One thing about that is that I, at first in the beginning, I always thought that I have to hire or work with people that are like me. Mm. but then i actually found the opposite to be true it, it works the best when you hire people that are not like you at all <laughs> and you know that, that are good at the things that you're bad at and that are you know bad at the things that you're good at that actually mm -hmm. is like because then then you get to a point where you need each other right mm. but mm -hmm. if you're the same person you're like i don't need you like you can grow resentment and you can there's there's a lot of things that can happen there <laughs> mm. right do you now did you have that issue before where you would just hire or work with people that were like you and what were the things yeah. you realized didn't work and how long yeah, did it exactly. take you to realize that because i'm impulsive i'm i i hire people that were like very talented creative like innovative and things like that but that personality also comes with like your chaos you're impulsive <laughs> you know what i mean like you're, you're like no nah, i don't want to do that right <laughs> that kind of mentality mm -hmm. so that that's why i i was like okay like we can't have like five sons here like we need like two sons and we need three <laughs> opposite of sons you know like that's when i realized okay like this, this is not gonna work like if everybody's like me you know mm. yeah yeah hmm. <laughs> um i found i found the same as far as one of my best friends and i clarissa we're alike we're alike in a lot of ways but in the particular ways we're different we complement each other really well. So like we've had a really hard time getting in a lane and sticking to it because we both have that shiny object syndrome, but she thinks even more analytically than me. And I always go like big picture, what's the meaning. And when we have those conversations, she always helps bring me back to like, okay, but how do we actually execute it? What does this mean to somebody? Um, but then I think there's also just the emotional support component, like between AB and I working on this and then every conversation I've had with a founder, there's always a partner, if not a co-founder, somebody who is helping them build the business. And the people who don't have that have said, mm -hmm. like, I feel like the thing I need is somebody else, because when you're going through the process of building a business, there are so many dark, dark periods that you just can't talk yourself out of and yeah. keep making That's money. True without having somebody to stand beside you and go, this isn't the end of the world. We're fine. Here's another way we can approach this and just yeah. break you out of that issue of like, I feel completely stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. The emotional support is, I actually think is the bigger part. Like that mm -hmm. day while eating that canned food, less than $20 in the bank, right? That moment, hundred percent guarantee I would have quit if I was doing it by myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It's dark. It, those are some dark, like, the reason why I was able to laugh it off was because we were doing it together. Like at the, if we become homeless, at least we have each other, right? But mm -hmm. if we were like, if I was like, <laughs> you know, like this is just me, I'm going to be living in the streets by myself. Like that's a scary thought. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's torture. So I, yeah. So I heard that like the reason why Mormons send two people together and like why the <laughs> army, <laughs> the army always, mm. army never sends one person by themselves. They always send two people. And the Battle reason buddy. is, 
Yeah, it's because they say when they're in a when they're getting attacked and they're alone, they'll usually retreat and hide away, and then they'll get found and killed. Whereas in, if there's two of them, they'll fight their way. Like it gives them the courage more, and they'll fight their way out. And I think that emotional support is like so important. Like so many founders quit because of that. Like they get to this dark moment, and then they're like, "I can't do this." But if they just had somebody else in that in it together. They would have made it out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's two components to that. You have one. You have somebody else to fight for. Um, so it's, it's I won't say That's necessarily true. a hero complex, but you get a chance to be a hero because you're doing it for someone else. But also, that's the motivating factor for you to have strength to do it. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. let them down, but I'm going to save them at the same time. So it's it's a it's a weird dynamic that you have going on with that. But yeah, when you have someone else there, you have a military background, right? I do. So you can kind of like you can kind of understand like the analogy. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's what they teach us in boot camp. I mean, and honestly, in boot camp, before we get to the final stage of um, of what's called battle stations, and you hear this often when they talk about uh, SEALs training is the things that the core, the group of us have to do together in order for the team to be successful. There's no one person that's going to do it for everyone. And it's not just the fact you can't do it all by yourself. It is the fact that it takes the motivation of Mm. others to help you do that. It's a common goal. So you're more willing to fight and put in the work to win with someone else Versus just do it by yourself because you can just easily give up on yourself, which oftentimes, yeah. sadly enough, we do. That's why I always say, go to your small groups, not for yourself, but for the small group. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, you know, when I when I was in school, <laughs> like I would like help people like with, with their computers. I'll help them with their homework and then I'll fail my own test. I'll fail my own project, right? <laughs> well, like I'll, I'll, I'm always like, going over and beyond, like stay up to, just to make sure I deliver this for clients. And then when it comes to my own website, I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'll do it next week. Like for some reason, we're much more accountable to other people than ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, like, I, I, that's like another, like, like you said, and when you're doing it for someone, I actually think that's a better motivator than trying to do it for yourself. <laughs> for sure. But then it's also, we've done exercises around like recognizing your selfish motivations, like, because then you introduce the issue, oh, if I'm doing it for someone else, because Mm. I want to be better, isn't that a selfish thing? But there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's like, I, I recognize that I am better by being (laughs) good to other people. So I'm good to other people for myself. But if I'm good to myself for myself, you get stuck in the ego trap again. You get stuck in the narcissism. Yeah. And it also plays into the leadership. Like the small group leadership is about showing up for your team, which always makes you better. But you can't lead by being self-interested. You, it just doesn't work. Nobody's going to follow you. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. And that dichotomy of like balancing that, like mm-hmm. knowing that, like you have to be really self-aware to know that. Like to, okay, not, right now I'm feeding my ego. Versus right now, mm. I'm, I'm actually uh, doing something for my authentic self. And usually the difference is, you know, it's, it's the difference between receiving a gift and giving a gift, right? Mm. Receiving a, giving a gift is like, ah, oh, cool, blah, blah, blah. But that's mm-hmm. a different feeling than when you give the perfect gift. That, let's say we, they didn't even know that they were going to get that, right? It was a surprise, mm-hmm. right? And they open it, it's like, oh my God, how did you know I wanted this? That feeling? It's a different kind of, yeah, <laughs> like Joey. You know what I mean? It's all so like you awesome. really need to recognize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just got hit with the brain rush on that. Just knowing, did you? I know yeah, I got experience. goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. I got. It's like, yeah, I know exactly. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did you say uh, I never thought of it that way? Oh, I didn't. I love that. I love. You know what I love about that even more is that no, not only does it say I never thought of it that way. But the first time you see it, you're almost like, what does that say? 100%. 100%. I was like, I remember the first time I saw it. I was like, turning my phone over, like, oh, 
Yeah. No, I guess I that's why I, I did it. Yeah. It that way. That's because awesome. I, I want you to see the different perspective. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so dope. That was cool. Love that. Love that. And that also mm-hmm. was I didn't plan that again. That's why you, I tell everyone to start messy because one day I saw that comment and I saw it because I saw it a few times. One of them was you actually, Wolf. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> this was like way no back in the days. <laughs> And then I, I was talking, it. I was in a meeting and all of a sudden one of my clients like, oh, yes, I never thought of it that way. I was like, that's something click. I'm like, oh, shit. I, and then I noticed that like my whole life, my whole career life, adult life, people have always said that mm. like around to me. And I was like, oh, this has to be my tagline. Mm. <laughs> and then I just started putting it in. It was, you know. Yeah. So Perfect. universe will bring stuff to you. Universe will tell you what your tagline should be. They'll tell you what, mm-hmm. what it should be. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to try to plan everything, be perfect. Mm-hmm. Universe will give you all that <laughs> if you just move. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something would, about doing that. Go ahead, Wolf. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say it's something about doing that um, that scares us to be mm-hmm. willing to not know exactly how to do it and be scared to do it. And, and I'm going to say one of the things that I, that keeps coming up that I share with people lately is, especially when it comes to the entrepreneurial journey and being scared to be out there by yourself and doing these things, but, uh, or even trying to create content. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back down to just creating content because that's the scary part too. But if everyone think about the first time they started school or even better yet, started a job, we didn't know everything about that job. Mm. We didn't know the first thing about flipping burgers or dropping fries or uh, changing oil in the car. If we're working on cars or whatever it is, or changing a a bedpan in the hospital, uh, vital signs, any of that stuff. But eventually we, we had to go through the core work and that was, the on-the-job training or whatever the training was, and we began to get more proficient. We began to get you know more pay because we got better titles and all this kind of stuff. So we didn't start at CEO level. We had to start at the janitor level. And when it comes to creating content, it's the same thing. You pick up your phone, you practice. It's not the best thing. It doesn't even look great. doesn't sound great. But until you put in the work, can you even look back to say, ah, I'm learning some things. I'm getting better. Now let me yeah. try a few other things and just, just keep going. The, the difference is like, you know how people always say, be confident, right? Mm. But confidence is not something you can just be. Like, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the beginning, you, you have to have that courage because there's no way you're going to be confident in the beginning. And what happened for me is, I have a lot to say, so <laughs> it might take me like five minutes. Okay, so first, um, the first time I did the freelancing, it was like that. I was in the dark, like, oh, is this even working? Am I wasting my time for a year? But then it started taking off my, my freelancing, right? So I've, I've had that familiar feeling before, so that when I started Night Owl and I was in that dark place, it, was, it's, it felt familiar, so I wasn't as scared anymore. So I was a little bit more confident, right? And then when I started Night Owl Nation, even more confident, right? Because like I've, I've been through that twice already. Like I know this feeling, right? Same thing. When I grew my Instagram, I was like, is this, am I wasting my time just putting out this content like in the first few months? Hmm. And then now I went on Twitter. I have fucking 400 followers and I, <laughs> I post something, I get two likes. And I, that's a familiar feeling now. I, I've been there and I know it works. I don't have to be like, is this working anymore? Like, because I've been there. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the only way you can get confidence. Like in the beginning, we're all going to feel that, right? And then to, <laughs> to add to that, um, what was going to say? Oh, the reason why like people don't recognize those moments, because opportunities come to everyone all the time. Like, for example, mm-hmm. the universe says, show me that that should be my tagline. The universe told me that you should teach storytelling. I, I never saw myself as a storyteller until people started telling me, son, you should teach storytelling. And then Domestica came in like, okay, can you create, create a class for us in storytelling? I'm like, me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about storytelling, right? So 
universe tells you those kind of things, but a lot of people ignore it. They don't. Mm -hmm. They actually don't even see it. And I think it's because when somebody says, somebody comments, "I never thought of it that way," and then my client said it. Like most people don't put the two and two together. It's like, oh, actually, that's my superpower. Making people say, "I never thought of it that way," is my superpower. But people ignore that because they're so focused on no, my my superpower is uh, personal branding and web design. Mm. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the you know, like by by noticing those little things and being able to connect the dots, you'll realize actually so much about yourself and what you're ignoring and things like that. Mm -hmm. Then you can trust the universe a little more at that point because you really let your ego go, right? You're like, I don't know shit. I'm a beginner. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the universe tell me, I'm going to listen this time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. exactly um wolf you got it because you were supposed to say something a moment ago did you remember what it was you were going to say we're way past all that um, okay good because i think <laughs> on everything you just said good for you <laughs> what i'm thinking uh, um is about buy-in right for me the difference maker with night owl nation has been buy-in i let go i suspended disbelief early on and i said okay this is just going to be a messy thing i don't know what i'm doing but i know i like what's happening here and i'm going to stay in mm -hmm. and we'll see what comes out of it and every time but if you I think about the in, result yeah oh go ahead but if you think about the result, it's not going to work, right? Because you bought it in the pro bought in on the process, right? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, and that's precisely it. Every time I've says like when you said, "Okay, go write in your journal all of the things you can remember from your entire life. Don't go hard on it. Just write a few sentences and think about all of the events that's ever happened to you." Mm -hmm. That exercise sounded uh, intimidating for one and kind of silly. And I said, you know what? Every time I've listened to Sun before, something good came out of it. Let's just do it. And in 20 minutes, I had like four pages worth of memories that I haven't touched in thir nearly 30 years or over the course of 30 years. And it's like I started oh, to wow. see those dots because I'm thinking, wow. oh, I started telling stories early on. I was doing comic books. Oh, I grew up listening to my, da the, my dad's radio on the way to school. And I always thought that was so cool. It's like there are so many little touch points that have that led mm -hmm. me to see I've been building towards something my entire life. And all I need to do is sit back and lean into what I do naturally and stop trying to write the perfect pitch or the perfect positioning or figure out exactly the niche. And it's like yeah. just so I guess my question following that is like, how have you thought about have you intentionally created buy in? Do you think you can control that or is it just yeah, your natural you passion can. for what you're doing? So. I heard this from Alex Hormozzi the other day, and that's when I realized that's what I've been doing. So he talks mm -hmm. about how when he was, a, he was a, in a fraternity where he, he was a pledge master. And, and so there, all these people rushed and they were like, uh, you know, every weekend they'll have part, you know, house parties and like every, you know, three, four in the morning, they're wasted. The next morning they have to wake up. They're hungover, <laughs> messy house, and they have to clean up, right? And after a few weeks, they started complaining. They're like, oh, this is bullshit. Why am I like, because they're like hungover, tired. After two hours of sleep, they're cleaning up like garbage. And they, they say one day all the pledges got together and they went to Alex and say, hey, I, we need to talk to you. And, and they called him in their own turf. Like, <laughs> so Alex is like, all right, let's go. And then he went there and the guys were like, I don't understand why we have to do all of this. This is like, you know, this is, you're making us do, like complaining mm -hmm. basically, right? Mm -hmm. And then what Alex said was, when you guys rushed for this fraternity, did you want to be part of this house? Did you have the desire to be part of this house? And they were like, yes, yes. And did you, did you expect that it's going to be hard? And they're like, yeah, we did, right? And he goes, that's what hard looks like. This is what hard looks like. <laughs> And from that point on, they never complain because from that point on, they've accepted that that's hard and that's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And I've done that, right? Like I, when I, mm. like I, I forced myself, like, because I also heard this on a Jocko podcast where, the, like, this was so profound for me when this guy was complaining about, like, you know, like I got to read this book and I just can't get through the pages and I'm like, I'm starting this business and like, I don't, I don't have the motivation and things like that, right? Or so what? 
Because a lot of military people, I, I think, face that because they're like in action and like that, like they're like saving mm. the world, and all of a sudden they come <laughs> home and they're just going to the DMV to fill out some paper. Like, <laughs> do, do you understand what I mean? Like they're doing basic stuff, right? Right. So they they all of a sudden have this is like, oh, this is meaningless. You know what I mean? Because they just, they've been doing something so meaningful. So everything in life now seems meaningless, right? So they go into this nihilistic place. But Jaco said, you know, to that guy who was actually uh, an ex-military that was dealing with that, he said, remember when we were in Iraq and you were on top of that rooftop and you're, you were like, I guess in recon, you were just making sure that nobody goes into this building or making sure that if anybody passes by, right? And that whole time you were there for 36 hours sitting there, doing, basically doing nothing, staring at the street, but because you knew how important that was to the mission, mm-hmm. you, you, you had that, you, you, you were able to do it, right? Mm. And then now you come home and you go to the DMV and you're like, this is meaningless. But if, if you don't get that registration done, you're going to lose your car and you're not going to be able to go to your work and your family's not going to be able to eat. It is meaningful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just got to see of, it through a different lens. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then... And then somebody else in that podcast also said, yeah, like what he does is when he has like two cases of beer at a grocery store, he can just put it down. But what he does is he picks it up and he holds onto it to, to see like mm. that's that's those are there are moments in our life where we can practice our discipline. Mm-hmm. And I used to do that. Like I used to go to work like five in the morning in New York City. We would, I would walk to my office. All of my employees come in at 10. Okay. I would wake up at five, I would go to the office, I'll go to my yoga class, take a shower in the office. And, you know, in the morning, like I, I used to take pride in that. Like that, like mm. every all my employees are like I, I can I could have been sitting there and be like resentful and be like, oh, you you lazy fucks, like I gotta do everything around here. <laughs> I could have done that. <laughs> but instead <laughs> I would wake up in the morning in the dark. Right, so because it's so dark, five in the morning, mm-hmm. and I would, in my mind, what's going on is like, ninety-nine point nine percent of the world right now is sleeping, mm-hmm. they're living their cushy life, and I'm mm-hmm. doing this. I'm, I'm like a Superman, and, I, and once in a while, I'll see somebody like a Wall Street banker going to work, or like some construction worker going to work, like four in the morning, and I, and we we kind of have we have this look at each other because mm-hmm. we share that thing. We're like, yeah, that's right. We're 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 built differently. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I used to actually get pride out of that and I was like yeah like I'm here to take care of my employees like their family and you know so I do really think that you have to give yourself that meaning and, and also practice that discipline like enjoy it enjoy the heart mm-hmm. <laughs> like the guy holding those <laughs> those beer cases embrace the suck mm-hmm. <laughs> yes Mm-hmm. I don't know where I've heard that before, but I heard that before. I love that phrase. So embrace the suck. Just get oh. in there. Just live it. <laughs> yes. Well said. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, I mean, just in this, I'm always uh, having these uh, moments of clarity. You know, Sunday service, it happens. Uh, Monday night masterclass, it happens. Um I, I don't know what else. You know why? What's that? It's because everything I'm giving you guys are all from my personal experience. I'm not giving you some cliche quote I hear heard from yeah. somebody and just regurgitating. Like, and if I do give you that quote, I back it up with my personal experience of that quote. Right. You know what I mean? And when you do that, I think a lot of people listen to them and be like, I know what he means. I've been there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I definitely know what you mean. The, if, I mean, it's so many important things that came out of that, but definitely uh, one of the main things that just came out of that conversation was finding the the importance. What is making this mundane, routine thing, or out of the ordinary thing, or maybe not even out of ordinary? This just mundane piece of whatever it is that I need to do. Understanding. The importance it plays in you being successful, you getting to mm-hmm. the next step mm-hmm. uh, in that. Yeah. A lot of times we have to give give that meaning ourselves because mm-hmm. nobody's gonna give it to us. Like in the in the military, at school, at work, your boss is giving it to you, right? So you have right. no choice. But when you're running your own business, like 
you have to give yourself that meaning yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this to help the world. I'm doing this for this reason. I'm doing this to retire my parents. Like, you have to give your other... And that meaning, I, I think where you give that meaning is, I think, doesn't even really matter. As long as you give that meaning and you believe mm-hmm. in it. I got to try to squeeze one question in here because it's burning yeah. in the back of my mind. Bring it on. <laughs> I've been thinking about the fact that like at the beginning, it's easy to be messy, right? Because you don't have anything to lose. But then once you're a year or two in, it's like now every choice has a bigger consequence yeah. because there's like there's expectation. Um, so I'm just curious, are you how are you approaching this this new level? You've yeah. done it before, I'm sure. But of building the community when now there's something to actually lose, but staying messy, staying in process. So I call that um, the fear of success. So when I first started growing on Instagram, I was like, oh, I love making content. I love editing these videos. Blah, blah, blah. And then I get like one follower one day, right? But then once I started growing, now you have something to lose, right? Mm. So that's when I'm like, oh, that only got uh, 50 followers. And I'm like <laughs> refreshing. Like that, that's when you get to that mode. You know what I mean? Once you've had success, when you didn't have success, you actually enjoy the process. Yeah. So right now, you know what? What you're asking me, I literally face that on a daily basis. Like even on Twitter, like I'm like, ah. Oh. And then what I need to do is I, I need to remind myself, okay, because I'm growing Twitter right now, with Twitter, I'm actually exactly where most people are when they start on Instagram. So if somebody wants to see how it's done in action, I would highly suggest like you look at my Twitter because what I have to do is, yeah, I get into that mode almost on a daily basis. And then I have to remind myself whether to just breathing or meditation. I don't, mm. I don't really meditate that much, but just like resetting and reminding myself that, no, I'm actually using only Twitter for me to just brain dump, just keep track of my mm. notes. The followers mm. don't even really matter. I'm getting this other benefit out of it. So I, we need to be hyper, hyper clear on that daily process that we're doing. What am I getting out of it? And that's the reason why I'm able to join this small group meetings for in, after this call. And because mm-hmm. people are looking at my son, why are you doing all of that? Like, why are you joining everyone's small group meeting? Why are you coaching people one on one? It's because I know because I'm doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. And there is a selfish reason, right? Yep. I'm trying to by teaching, by going on the call, I want to learn how I can better create the storytelling course that are, that's unlike any other story course because i know that when i figure this out like it's gonna set set us set night hours apart from any other story courses so that's a selfish reason right mm-hmm. when i tweet i know that okay I'm, this is gonna be my i'm gonna have all my notes here of, of all my thoughts in twitter like my brain dump so i don't forget so that's i'm doing it for my like so somehow you have to tie that back to okay how does this serve me selfishly not mm-hmm. the actual metrics, not the actual mm-hmm. goal of, you know, but how does this one recording this one episode, how does it selfishly <laughs> benefit me, right? Making this one post, how does that selfishly benefit me, right? Or mm-hmm. on this post, I'm going to learn how to do this editing trick. On this post, I'm going to try to do, you know what I mean? So I think that's what I'm saying. That's what I meant by being selfish in a selfless way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to uh, understand that you are getting something out of whatever it is that you're doing, even if it is to give back to a community, to teach, to uh, mm-hmm. to empower, inspire, uh, or inspire. Uh, but you are getting something, just like you talked about earlier about giving that gift versus receiving a gift. You know, giving exactly. that thing <laughs> is 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 there's just something that it does for you and whatever it is that you're doing with your content is doing something for you to see either the response or just data dumping or brain dumping like you just mentioned so exactly is it the result or is it yeah but i gotta tell you guys like it's even for me it's a battle every day Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's easier said than done, those things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie to you. They're like, oh, yeah, I've overcame it. And now like it's not like that. Mm-hmm. I, I have to constantly remind myself every day. Got it. Got it. Well, Wolf, we're down to the yeah, last minute. Do you have anything? I really just wanted to say thank you, son, because uh, you have actually altered the course of, I think, my life in a, in a beautiful way just by creating this one thing and being able to participate and be part of such an awesome community and learn from you. So thank you. Thank you deeply. 
Yeah. And I'm going to so, thank you as well. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so grateful to have both of you guys in the community. Both of you guys are leaders in the community. And, you know, like, as you know, like Night Owl doesn't exist without the leaders. Mm-hmm. So thank you both. Of course, of course. Thank you. And thank for... you for having me on. <laughs> oh, of course. Hey, that is that's why I wanted to say thank you for coming on and and for number one, just uh, challenging us to even do this, mm-hmm. and then number two, uh, you even modified your promise because I believe we were supposed to be a few more episodes along before you would come on, uh, but you even made it. You came. Yeah, on I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I saw that a lot of people were trailing off, but like. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, okay, the incentive needs to be a little earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you for that. We know you got to jump on another call. So we greatly appreciate you. Um, and if you want to, as you're going out, you can tell them where to find you. And uh, as far as far as just your social media and also where to jump on Night Owl Nation. Yeah, I would say Instagram has a, all the links and everything. So Instagram handle is sun, S-U-N dot yi got it well that is it thank you thank you son thank we appreciate you. you we appreciate you very much so and uh everyone you all have a great day and we hope you take this information to make your creative journey an even better one we'll see you in the next episode salute let's go